You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on another episode of Millennial Minds. This evening, we have a special distinguished guest, Mr. Joshua Fredenberg, author and national speaker with an expertise in leadership diversity. Hi, Mr. Fredenberg. Hi, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you today? Man, I'm doing wonderful. Wonderful. I am so glad to hear it. I'm so glad to hear it. I remember um, one of the first times I heard you speak at a conference and I was completely blown away. I was like, who is this amazing, handsome African-American man who speaks so well and is so inspirational? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. 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 I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. That's a good thing. Most definitely. And and I've been following you over the years um, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and I just love what you do. So um, there are many people who give themselves or this title um, of motivational speaker or who are professional public speakers and or motivational speakers. But with you, Joshua, um, you have this amazing, uplifting energy. Your diction is clear. Your pace, you pace the stage. You engage the audience. Your passion is evident. You have PowerPoints that are engaging. They're not overly wordy. And your message is always powerful and relevant. And you're, uh, to me, you're a comedian in addition to all of that. So wow. I'm just curious to know, tell us about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your story, things that some people may not know. Um, mm-hmm. And then how you how did you end up getting into, I, I know you do many things, but in particular, how did you end up getting into public and motivational speaking? Yeah, um, I think I really believe that God divinely wanted me to be a speaker. Mm. And so um, in my journey, since I was six years old, my aspiration was always to be a national basketball player. Really? Yep. So from six years old to 18, that's all I did was play sports, work out. That was my goal. That was my ambition. And that was my drive. Um, And so once I graduated high school, I went to Long Beach State University because the coach had told me that if I, you know, go there, I could walk on and make the team. And so I went there the first year, and unfortunately, I missed the team by one player because a 6'10 power forward center walked through the door, and they only had one position available, and they leaned more towards that direction and giving me an opportunity to be on the team. Wow. And so at that point, I was uh, pretty frustrated and pretty uh, devastated, to say the least. But one of the quotes that I always tell people is that rejection is direction to something better. And so that really was the case for me because at that time I had a a communications class. And in my communications class, we had to do a public speech. And so um, I was pretty nervous and, you know, doing my speech that I really hadn't spoken my entire life wasn't even something I was had aspirations for. But I get up and I start to give my presentation. Was this in high school or college? This is in college. Okay. College. And so, yeah, in college, it begins to flow and it begins to come out really good. And um, at that point, I discovered that I had a gift, which was to speak and communicate. And so one of the things I tell college students, I took another communications class on debate. And as I was debating, the same thing was true again. I was undefeated. I was 7-0. and And so I began to have what I call a passion for speaking. And in that time frame, I was part of a campus organization. And within our organization, they would ask us to They would ask students who wanted to speak. And so I had the opportunity to speak. And in my first presentation, about 50% of people were in tears. And it was at that moment where I had what I call an epiphany moment Mm. that one of my visions was to travel the country and to be a speaker. 
And ultimately, I didn't really know how I was going to do it. I really didn't have a coach. Uh, I just had a passion, a drive, and it was my purpose. And so because I was I was founded in purpose and founded in my passion, um, I just started to go after it. I started to move forward. Um, 110% I was trying to speak as much as I could. I was creating speaking packets, trying to pitch myself and sell myself. And unfortunately, I was I was speaking for free, but I wasn't really making headway. And so one Sunday night, uh, one of my friends invited me to a church and said, there's going to be a motivational speaker there and you need to meet him. And so I go to the church and I meet this guy. And when I meet him, we start talking. I start telling my aspiration. And he connects me with a manager in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mm. And so when I get to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, me and her, begin, well, when I meet her, we begin to talk. And what she really did for me, I think, was the biggest thing. is she taught me the business of speaking. Um, and that's what I think a lot of people make a mistake on when they talk about speaking. A lot of people assume that, you know, if you're going to be a motivational speaker or a public speaker, it's all about your message. It's all about communication. And although that's important, it's also really a business. You're really an entrepreneur, and you're really a businessman or woman. And so she taught me the business side of speaking. And so once I got the business side of speaking, you know, I had my website up, um, I was sitting there waiting for phone calls. The only thing about that is that you can't wait for people to come to you. you got to go after them. Mm. And I didn't learn that until I, had, I used to do a political talk show called Speak On It. And my it was a public access show. And so it was, it was airing in like about seven different cities across the country. And so there in Berkeley, a, a, a speaker responded to my show. And she, we started talking, and she said she was a speaker. And she told me, if you want to be a speaker, you're going to have to pick up the phone, and you're going to have to call people. And so from that moment, I started calling people. I started pitching. I started marketing. I started pitching myself. And ultimately, over years, it began to progress and progress and progress. And to where now, you know, I've spoken about 44 different states. And, mm. um, yeah, just continue to speak and inspire people. But it really came it really was birthed out of purpose and uh, out of passion, out of gifts and really knowing who I am. And so I think anyone that wants to be a speaker, it has to be based on your passion, has to be based on your, your purpose. And I, I, you know, that's really what it comes down to. Um, so you know, one of the things I'm doing now, we're doing a speaking boot camp, and, you know, sometimes I don't know if people have the true passion to go after it. And if you don't have the passion, then you're not going to make it for anything for that matter. Mm, that's really good. That was that was that was those were a lot of gems right there. Very yeah, powerful. Yeah, that, very powerful story. There's so many insights that we can pull from just just the background that you shared. So it sounds, you know, you originally started with this dream of being um a national basketball star and that didn't really turn out the way you thought. With this college class, this communications class, was that um, a part of your sequence? Was that a required course, or did you just look at, you know, look at the courses that were offered and and said to yourself, hmm, you know, I I would like to take this class? Yeah, it was it was a required. It was one of uh, general education classes, mm-hmm. and so they said you had to take a public speaking class. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate thing for me at the time, the the basic public speaking class wasn't available. But this class is what uh, called persuasive communication. Okay. And so it was available. And so that's why I ended up taking it because of the requirement. I see. I see. And I think that's really important. So I just want to plug, you know, a lot of people will say, which which this is true um, in some instances, that college is not for everybody or, you know, right. you can be successful without getting a college degree. I completely agree. However, this is an example showing that, 
going to college or taking classes or collegiate courses can introduce you to some can introduce you to some things, some themes, um, some careers, professions, ideas that you otherwise might not have necessarily gotten. So I think that's great. And I also heard you say you being a speaker was godly, um, divine. And so what can you speak to where, where, you know, like your faith, some of your faith and what the origins of your faith are? Did, was it at home with your parents or parents? Um, how, how, how has that been? How has your faith walk been um, and meaningful in conjunction with what it is that you do? Yeah, my um, my faith walk began because, <clears throat> excuse me, my my father was a bit is a big Christian. Uh, my grandmother, she's really big in the church. Uh, my great grandmother was, and so at a young age, I was I was brought up in a Christian environment. But yet, my parents didn't force me to go to church on Sunday, so it wasn't something I was required to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that just that just occurred you know, every so often. I would go to church. Um, and I'll never forget when I was about 12 or 14 years old, um, I believe it was 12, 13, 14, I visited a church, and while I was at the church, this uh, preacher called me out and called me to the front and started praying over me and said, there's an anointing on you like David. Wow. Now, at the time, I didn't know what was going on. I was just up there. just I was like, okay. You know, I didn't know what was going on. And um, what ended up happening is when I was 16 years old, about three years later, I began, um, I was went to church with my grandmother on Easter Sunday, and I'll never forget, I saw this young lady, and I was like, wow, she's beautiful, I need to, I want to see her again, mm-hmm. and so that ignited me to go to church the next Sunday, <laughs> and it. what's funny is I never saw the young lady again, wow. but I ended up going to church by myself every single weekend based on that experience, and so I started going to church every single weekend, what ended up happening, I just started to grow spiritually. And I started to learn how to how to hear God's voice. Um, and so by the time I was about going into my senior year, I feel like I had like a, a experience with God where just literally I was just on fire. And I was just like, man, it's all about God. It's all about bringing glory to God. Um, I would be in the car um, literally on dates and just start prophesying to women I'd be going out with. Um, I had one instance where I got connected on a blind date in high school. And literally started prophesying a girl. Girl started breaking down in tears. So the gift was just flowing out of me. And then um, when I was 17 years old, God was like, you know, one day you're going to be a preacher. Mm-hmm. Now I'm bringing this up, coming back. Here. So one day you're going to be a preacher. I had like three dreams in a row about me preaching. In a wow. Church. And um, I went to the, the bathroom. I'm sorry about the honesty, but I was in the had a Bible in the, ba- a Bible That's in the bathroom. That's real. And, and I was like, Lord, I don't, you know, I don't know this vibe. I can't, I can't tell people about this. Um, and he was just like, I'll show you what to say. And so from that point on, I just, you know, I just, I just always was preaching. And then when I, to be honest with you, when I first stepped from the college campus, a, min, a, a missionary approached me and I was having Bible studies with him my first year in college. So it was as if God was always having me talking to me and speaking to me to it's just it's been an ever ever going process for me and so um and that's just been a part of my life Mm. and so that's how that's really how I function I really function um all faith everything in me is faith Mm -hmm. as far as hearing God's voice and being tuned to exactly what I'm supposed to do 
and be honest with you, I feel very bad for people in our culture um, because, you know, unfortunately because of the negative imagery that media and sometimes even the church creates, yes. it kind of hurts people and it pushes people away yes. from the relationship with God. Yes. But um, to be perfectly honest, um, I really do believe that if people have an authentic relationship with God, an authentic relationship with Jesus, then there's no way that people will not embrace it because the empowerment and the help that comes with the relationship with God is literally a game changer. Mm. Um, I see so many people dealing with, with just, just anxiety and depression and stress. And man, that's, that's the kind of stuff that literally God can just give, can give you peace, you know, and, and God can give you rest. You know, the Bible says, you know, do not be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, make your request known to mm-hmm. God and he'll give you a peace that your friend says, don't be anxious for nothing. So now we're dealing with anxiety and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but if you give it to him, he can give you peace. And so I really do believe all my heart, the more I grow, the more I realize how fortunate I am at a young age to really um, not be into religion, but to be in an authentic relationship with Christ mm-hmm. um, and really and really being able to embrace that um, and really being able to make that a part of my life. Because I don't, I don't know if I'd be in the position I am today if it wasn't for my relationship with God. Matter of fact, I may be in a whole nother position. Um, that is so powerful and this is such a timely timely message and and listen to you you're preaching to us and and that is it just it flows out of you and that is definitely evident it's evident um in your preaching in your teaching in your speaking and and i love how beautifully it it inter it it's interleaved and intertwined sure I want to say one thing, because this has really been on my heart, as you say, our culture. You know, we're, we're in a very big culture of racism and division. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, I, and I, tell, I tell people this from my ministry standpoint, that I believe with all my heart that the church has the answer to racism. I believe with all my heart. Wow. Um, and I believe the problem is with the church is we've allowed racism to creep into the church. Mm-hmm. And what it does is we can't be a solution if we don't first deal with ourselves. Um, but I really believe with all my heart that um, if people really embrace the message of Christianity, which is to love your brothers, you love yourself, and that people will know you based on the love you share with one another, mm-hmm. if that message can really be walked out and exemplified and, 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 and expressed, I really believe that is a vital solution to the hate and to the evil that we see in our world today. Um, and so that, that's really one of my hopes that people, that those messages can be articulated in such a way where it becomes more real into society, mm-hmm. where people can grab that and understand the dynamics of that. Because there's really a lot of a lot of solutions to problems um, with the right lens and the right um, interpretation of the word. So I just that's, wanted to share that. That's too. powerful. Thank you for that. I, sounds like you need to be a, a, a national consultant for churches <laughs> a problem solving yeah, diversity leadership <laughs> yeah there you go yeah there you go yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what's funny about that what's yeah, that i'm sorry you're like moving like it's just it, all this stuff it's so funny i'm doing this interview and i'm going through my life i'm like wow just seeing the dots connect because sometimes you get so quick you don't realize to look back but you know when i was 23 years old i was it was my birthday i'll never forget this it was my birthday and I went to my friend was having a conference, and this lady prophesied over me and said, "One day you're going to be a consultant and make a lot of money." And that has stuck with me for 50 
15 years. Wow. I'm still trying to figure out how that's going to materialize. Oh, but it's I funny you it. say that. I believe it. I believe it most definitely. Wow. wow that's, that's interesting. That's so amazing. And I always so find it. orchestrated all this stuff happening to me. That's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. There's so much more for you to do. So much more in store for you. And I'm excited. Um, tell yeah. us uh, about more specifically um, some of the conferences and workshops that that uh, that you run and, and, you know, like what people what people can expect and, you know, what yeah. what's the age range for each for each uh, conference or, or workshop? Yeah. So the first thing that we do um, really about eight years ago one of the things that I discovered as a speaker on college campuses was that a lot of students were not um, receiving what I call the information for career readiness mm-hmm. or really prepared to go into the real world and be successful. Um, another thing that I discovered was I discovered that I was getting my master's in leadership and there's, you know, there was a lot of people that really didn't have a grasp of what leadership was or really didn't know what leadership was. And, and it really bothered me because, you know, number one, I understand that leadership affects everything. When you have bad leadership, everything is affected. Um, I also realized that if we're going to make our world better, we need effective leaders. We need people that know how to lead. Um, and so that really began to dawn on me back in 2010. I meant, how can I help people not only have career success, but also be effective leaders of these companies? And so we created what we call the Circular Change Leadership Conference. And ultimately, it's a, it's a national – well, first of all, we're a nonprofit, but it's a national leadership conference that ultimately prepares students for career leadership success. And so uh, we've been doing that for nine years, and we draw about 200 to 300 diverse student leaders from all across the country. Wow. And over three days, they'll come to L.A., and um, they'll have different speakers. We'll have panels of executives from major companies like former producers of the Oprah Winfrey Show, wow. uh, VPs of Live Nation. Uh, one lady was a CFO for the Los Angeles Spark, mm. um, assemblymen, people that worked on the Obama campaign. Um, I mean, it's just on and on. We have so many high-profile people on these panels with sharing their experiences with students. And it's really transformational because once students leave, they're inspired, they're motivated. But more importantly, what's really great is they're going out there and doing something. Um, two or three of our students went back the next year and became student body presidents of their campus. Mm-hmm. One girl just this year went to the University of Arizona. She's SCA president, uh, first time a woman, a minority woman in so many years. Mm-hmm. That was exceptional. Other people have went on to work and intern in the White House, and there's been a lot of positive stories. So we've been doing that program for the past nine years. Um, it's been it's just growing and growing, and we're actually getting ready to launch one in New York City in 2019 at St. John's University. So oh, that's amazing! That's, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's awesome. Um, the other thing that I do um, here in LA is I do a thing called Leaders for Christ, um, really where I use biblical principles to prepare people to be effective leaders for Christ. Again, I think there's a leadership crisis, and so uh, just doing our part to empower people, not only be leaders, but really make an impact in the world. Um, and so we do a faith-based conference August 4th in Florida, our fourth year, um, and then I, I've started doing webinars. So the first webinar was to help people to become speakers. So those who want to be professional speakers, we have our professional speaker boot camp. And so I go through five sessions to really help people understand the foundation to be a speaker, Um I don't tell people, if you do it, you're going to become a multimillionaire or make a six-figure income. I think that's kind of um, – I don't know if that's always true, mm-hmm. um, that's, you know, to tell people that. But I'm going to give you the stuff that's enabled me to be successful. And if you can work it, I believe you can become successful as a speaker. And so um, we've started that. We're going into our third session, and it's going really good. So I'll probably do it again um, in December. Please do it again. Please do it again because oh, I will certainly sign up, and I will tell people about it as well. 
yeah, please. Well, I think I'm going to do it again. Yeah, this one's been really good. So I had to test it out, uh, but it's been really good. So I definitely think I'm going to definitely do it again um, in December. I'm doing another webinar um, after this one, one on purpose, how to find your purpose. It's a three, a three session, three session course. So basically um, $99 and you do three sessions. So we're going to talk about uh, how do you position yourself to find your purpose? How do you find your purpose? And then how do you execute your purpose? Mm-hmm. So, now, when is that? That's gonna. We're gonna launch that uh, probably late July, early August. Okay, and that's online. It's online. Yep, you can be anywhere, anywhere in the in the wow. really, I guess in the world, but it'll be online. Tasha, you're amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be powerful. I, I'm pumped, and I was inspired to do that one. Mm-hmm. So uh, probably some people connected to that. I see. And then after that, just for other people, and we talked about this earlier. This is the millennial mind. Um, I'm doing one on uh, I'm gonna do one on retention of millennials for volunteer organizations. So that's my dissertation. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna begin to talk about how do you retain how do you retain millennials, how do you attract millennials, and how do you lead millennials. Wow. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a a webinar series on that as well. That's powerful. That's powerful. Um, what what encouraged you to, or what inspired you to to make this your focus for your doctoral studies? Honestly, I was um, I was in my apartment, and um, I just felt like if I'm going, I feel like you never stop growing, mm-hmm. and you never stop becoming better. So, for me, there's never a plateau where I can get comfortable, because the moment you get comfortable, you start digressing. Mm-hmm. And so, in order to continue to improve, in order to progress, I'm always figuring out how I can get better. And so, I just felt like if I went to get my doctoral degree, that would actually help me to grow. I'm all about growing, and, yeah. and it really has helped me grow a lot in what I'm doing. I'm also open certain doors for you. Um, when you have certain credentials behind your name, it makes a difference. That's and I know true. there's those out there, you know, well, I don't need a, a degree, and I don't need to go to school. And, you know, there's people that, that are in that realm. And I'm, I will agree that I don't think school is for everybody. But for me, I know that I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have a collegiate experience. Mm. And so, um, And so I think – you know, instead of always saying school is not for everyone, I think sometimes people are not taught how to maximize their collegiate experience. That's um, deep. That's really that, good. Yeah, you know, so we just go to school to get a degree, but that's not going to benefit you. What benefits you is you go to school to learn and to use the resources yeah. available for you to yeah. launch you into your future career. That's good. Uh, which that's is why good. I always tell people before a student even steps foot on a campus, have them have an idea of who they are and what their vision is. Like, what are you trying to pursue? And once you have that idea, you can really begin, like, I mean, there's internship programs, Mm -hmm. there's mentors. I mean, there's so many opportunities for students. We just don't have no direction. We just go because our parents told us to go, Mm -hmm. and we graduate because that's just what we know. But we're not understanding the the aspects of college that can really help us propel. The networking. You know, why is a person going to go to a Harvard, right? Well, a person going to go to Harvard, not just because – the, the the best and that's one of the discussion. The best and brightest mm-hmm. go there, but you're going to go the network. Your network. Yes, your network is your network. worth. <laughs> exactly, your network is your net worth. And also, what a lot of people don't talk about is the attitude of a person in Harvard versus a person in another college. Um, I don't know if you remember the, the movie about the, the the Facebook movie, and mm-hmm. in that movie, I believe it was Social Network. I think it's what it was, but I believe in the movie the guy said to Mark Zuckerberg, he said, you don't come to Harvard to get a job. You come to Harvard to create jobs for other people. Mm. 
Mm. That's a game. That's a shift in mindset. Yes. So I'm yes. not coming here just to get a job and be an employee. I'm coming to start a company and to be a leader of a multi-organization. That's a, that thinking in itself changes how you do everything. That's really good. Wow. You see, so uh, so that that was that was a powerful truth. Tell us the, uh-huh. um, your books so far that you've published, um, and and what we can get out of them. And then tell us where we can find more information about all of these amazing uh, conferences, about um, your uh, leadership, yeah, your Circle of Change Leadership Conference, Leaders for Christ, your Speakers Boot Camp, and um, where we can find more information about you, those workshop uh, conferences, and your books. Okay. Um, so books. So I'm going to skip my first two and go to my third. So my third book was A Call to Action. Mm-hmm. 14 Highly Effective Leadership Principles for Leaders of Millennials. Um, this was a research-based book that I did for my thesis. And really what I talked about was my journey through understanding millennials. And then ultimately, based on my research, I came up with 14 leadership principles that, I, that I, as I looked, I found to be effective at leading millennials. So that's, my, that's one book I would encourage people. And I'm getting ready to relaunch that because um, – I have some new insight about that, and I want to make some minor adjustments. So I'll be relaunching that book um, hopefully next year. That's my goal. Um, so that's one book. Um, the second book that I would encourage people is, question called, is a book called 50 Questions Before You Say mm-hmm. I Do. And <laughs> I so, love that um, book. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So, I have it. I do, and I've read oh, it. Yeah, and I'm just oh, like, you know, yes, okay, good questions. Know. One of the reasons why I'm still not married, but I certainly ask those questions now. <laughs> right, exactly. So as I often tell, like, I got divorced, and, um, through that experience, I realized there were a lot of things I wasn't prepared for. Mm-hmm. And so my, my desire, now that I'm remarried again, um, I wanted to make sure I didn't make the same mistakes. And so I wrote that book because I realized that a lot of people don't know certain things or ask certain questions that ultimately affect the stability of their marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrote that book. I encourage people to read that book. Um, it, it's an important book. It's a really important book, especially nowadays. It's a very important book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my other book, my last one is 40 Questions Before You Begin to Lead. Mm. And so I wrote that book uh, because, again, I had a lot of stuff to talk about as a leader, but I felt like if I wrote a book, it would give people it would give people more once I leave a campus or once I leave where I'm speaking at. And that's basically 40 questions to consider. Um, the first 10 deal with the inner leader. The second 10 deal with the operational leader. The third deal with the relational leader. And then the fourth deal with the uh, faith-based leader. And so they're just 40 principles and questions to help people become leaders. And you can get that information on my, my main website, visionxy.com. Um, I have another website, joshuafredenberg.com. And then for Circle of Change, it's circleofchangeleadership.com. Mm-hmm. And then for Leaders for Christ, it's leadersforchristministries.org. And then my handle is at visionxy um, on Instagram, Twitter, and obviously on LinkedIn and Facebook. It's Joshua Fredenberg. Awesome. Awesome. Joshua, we could talk all day. We're going to have to bring you yeah. back. You have so much wisdom for us um, and for millennials. I really want to um, follow up with you and, and have you come and talk with us, give us some advice. If you have like um, a 15-second, you know, soundbite of advice for millennials, what would it be? Learn who you are out of that creative vision. Use that vision to create your dream team and then with that dream team step out in faith and make your vision a reality Woo-hoo, that's fire that is fire <laughs> i gotta write that down that was off the top of the dome too yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, yeah. my goodness, Joshua. Thank you so much. We, um, you, You've definitely enlightened us. Thank you for sharing some of your story and the great things that you're doing. Keep us keep us uh, posted. Um, we'll definitely share it, retweet it, repost it. Um, I'll sign up myself. Um, there's a lot of great wisdom and, and knowledge and information that you have, and, and you are certainly anointed, and I'm very blessed to know you. So thank you, yeah. Joshua, for taking time out to join us this evening. Yes, and thank you for allowing me to be a part of your wonderful program, and thank you for uh, giving me the honor to speak and share what I can do to help other people and continue to do your good work in making the world a better place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on another episode of Millennial Minds. Till next time, peace.